Well, hey, we're uh, continuing this series called Energy. How many been enjoying this series thus far? Gotten a lot out of it, I hope. Um, we have some journals that accompany it. You can grab one on the table on your way out if you didn't get one. And so I've actually been journaling every week. It gives you some, uh, some things in there to do, some questions to ask yourself, and then it has you shoot for some goals in these different areas of your life. I've really enjoyed it. It's helped me. It's been helpful for me in my life. In fact, uh, my wife and I, you know, I don't know if you do date nights, married couples, and Christy and I do them, but we haven't been real consistent about them. And so after the relationship goals series, I wrote down to schedule a monthly date night. And uh, so right after I wrote it in my journal, I went in our calendar and I punched it in. And my wife immediately called me and was like, oh my gosh, you scheduled a date night? I love you so much. And so that was on Friday night. It was amazing. So um, God is good. And this has actually helped me even and uh, help my life. So we hit on vision the first week, relationship goals the second week, mental and physical health last week. Chrissy just slayed it uh, last week. And, uh, and then this week we're talking about work. Everybody say work. So uh, do we have this meme? The, uh, can you throw up this meme that I found this week with the percentages? That'd be awesome. So I found this meme this week. It says, I always give 100% at work. Monday, 13, Tuesday, 22, Wednesday, 26, Thursday, 35, and Friday, 4%. How many can relate to this meme? Some of you are applauding. Uh, that's what I thought. You know, it was interesting. Uh, today I want to talk to you about work. I want to talk to you about leveling up your work or your grind. And I want to talk to you about God in the grind. That's the title of my message today, God in the grind. You know, I think that a lot of us are, are going through life and, and we're going through life with this mindset that, man, I just got to endure five days so I can get to these two days of rest, relaxation, celebration. Man, I'm working for the weekend. Some of you have said this. I just got to get through these five days and I got two days to Netflix. I got two days to binge watch. I got two days to, to do whatever, and man, I just got to get through the, these five days. And I think most of the world, and, and especially in our culture in America, we're living with this kind of mindset. We're living with this mindset. We just got to get through, endure our jobs so that we can do what we really love to do. And I think that living your life simply for two days of rest and during the other five is probably the saddest thing we can experience as human beings. Like, I, I, it, it breaks my heart and saddens me to think that a lot of us are living this way. We're living with this kind of mindset. And I want to read from Genesis chapter 2, uh, verse number 15. We're going to the beginning. Genesis is the first book in the Bible. And uh, this is the, the origin story of humanity and, and the earth. And in Genesis 2, 15, it says, The Lord God took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden to work it, and keep it. Now I've read through this passage many times. I've read the Bible through many times. I've read Genesis uh, dozens of times. And this week as I read it, God spoke something different to me. He showed me, he said, Caleb, look, even in paradise, in perfection, because you see, this was before the fall. This was before sin. There's no death. There's no pain. It's paradise. It's perfection. God placed Adam in the Eve to do what? Adam and Eve in the garden to do what? To work. He said, work it and keep it. So I, I read this and I was like, oh my goodness. It struck me that 
as human beings, we were created to work. Did you know that? That you were created to work, and when we're not working, there's actually a part of us that I believe is dying. And that we're not living to our fullest potential or, or our fullest capacity when, when work isn't a part of us. It's why statistics show us that when people retire, they die much quicker. Sorry if any of you retired recently. But the percentages actually say that. Because people don't know what to do with their time. And, and they, they don't have anything often to live for any longer. We were created to work. Even in perfection, in paradise, in the garden, God said, I'm placing you, Adam, in this garden to work it and to keep it. You know, the only way that we can level up our, our grind is we got to grind at a different kind of level. We got to grind at a God kind of level. So what I want to do today, I want to give you four ways to level up your grind, level up your work, level up your work. Here we go. Number one, put God at the center of your grind. God said to him, to Adam, he said, you're going to work it and you're going to keep it. Since the fall, I, I think that we were destined to have a mixed relationship with work. And uh, let me explain this. Because in perfection, in paradise, before sin entered the world, Adam worked and there was no problems. But then God said, don't eat any, you can eat any tree, any fruit, but this one and then Adam and Eve ate of that one after they were tempted by the serpent. And then God actually speaks to them about their lives and about their work. And here's what he says. I'm going to encapsulate it. It's in Genesis chapter 3. He said, cursed is the ground you will work in. In pain you shall eat of it. By sweat you shall eat bread. And so now this pain accompanies our work because of sin. I think before this moment in paradise, in the garden, when there was no sin, Adam and Eve were working, but it was easy. They were working, but there was no pain attached to it. They were working, but it wasn't toil. You know, there's a difference. There wasn't, they weren't toiling, they were working, and there was joy, and there was peace, and it was easy. And then sin enters the world. And God says to them, he says, listen, now... The ground is going to be cursed that you work on. In pain, you're going to eat of it. By sweat, you shall eat bread. I remember my first job, um, I was 15. I, I'm from the generation that we worked as teenagers. Come on, somebody. We worked as teenagers. Today, these teenagers, they just play Fortnite all day, okay? They don't know what a job is. Some of you need to get your teenagers a job. Come on, somebody. And uh, my, my kids, oh, oh, they ain't even ready, Okay. But man, I was 15, I got my first job. I painted red curbs. I would go around, I would paint red curbs, and I'd spray paint with stencil, no parking fire lane on them. And so I was doing it at this organization, this business, and they was huge with this huge campus. They had all these curbs. So all summer long, in 100-degree Sacramento heat, I went around and spray painted red curbs, rolled red curbs, spray painted no parking fire lane. Let me tell you, a lot of it I did not enjoy. I did not enjoy a lot of the toil, did not enjoy a lot of the sweat. But then I started to take pride in my job. And I used to roll around like Sacramento and I'd roll up to CVS. I'd be like, CVS, what's up with these curves? Here's my business card. Caleb does curves, you know. Let's get it. 
you y'all need some help with these curves. There's some drippage. There's some spillage. There's some splatter. I don't do that. You know, I have clean curbs. And I started to notice red curbs everywhere I went. I couldn't go anywhere without going, look at that curb. That thing needs some help. And uh, it was funny, but, but I started to take pride in my work. Started to take pride in what I did. I wanted, I wanted to do it at my best. Does that mean it wasn't hard at times? No. But I wanted to bring my best to it. I think that a lot of us are going through life, and the reason we, we aren't bringing our best or we don't have joy or we're struggling when we're just, we're trying to get through five days so we can have our two days is because we don't have the perspective that God wants us to have when it comes to our work. When we put God at the center, our perspective changed. Colossians 3.23, here's the perspective we need to have. It says, whatever you do, work at it or work heartily as for the Lord and not for man. One version says, work at it with all your heart. Everybody say, all your heart. Not a little bit of your heart, not a sliver of your heart, not a bit of your heart, but all your heart. It says, whatever you do, that includes your job. And I think a lot of us are coming into our jobs and and we're not doing it for the Lord. We think we're doing it for the man. Like this job is for him. It's for my boss. It's for the man. It's for the upper, the higher echelon of the organization that are making all the money. And and, and we have this, this mindset as we approach it. This mindset, this perspective as we approach it, instead of saying, no, when I walk in the room, when I walk into my job on Monday at 8 a.m., I'm not doing this for anyone but God. I'm doing this for him. I'm work heartily with all my heart for the God that I serve. You see, everything is for God. This one shift can change your perspective and change your attitudes towards your work. You know, I, I think a lot of you don't love your jobs, but I want you to ask yourself a question, do you love your God? A lot of you may not love your jobs, but I want you to ask yourself, do I love my God? Because if I love my God, then I'm going to walk into my job with a different perspective. I'm going to walk into my job and say, I'm doing this to the best of my ability with all I have because I'm doing it unto you. When you put God at the center, you cannot love your job, but because you love your God, you work in a different way than everyone else works in that office. We put God at the center. Alignment is more important than assignment. Hear me. Alignment is more important than assignment. Are we aligned with God? The problem is a lot of us are so concerned with our assignment that we've forgotten about our alignment. And I'm here to tell you, if you are right here in your alignment, then your assignment will take on purpose. Your assignment will take on joy. Your assignment will take on passion. But when this is off, then this will be off too. Your assignment, where you go. When your alignment is right, you walk into whatever assignment with a purpose. You walk into whatever assignment on mission. Because hear me in this, you may be the only God that any of these people ever talk to. You may be the only Bible that any of your coworkers ever read. You may be the only church that anyone that you work with ever attends. And so how you live matters. How you work matters. When your alignment is right, you walk into any assignment on mission. You walk on and you say, I'm on a mission. I'm a bad man. I'm a bad woman. I'm coming in here for a reason. I'm taking names for Jesus. 
I'm working hard for Jesus. When we put God at the center of our grind, our alignment is right and our assignment, it begins to shift because we find purpose. Second today, if we're going to level up our grind, we got to give ourselves grace in our grind. Give yourself grace in your grind. Everybody touch your heart right now. Touch your heart and say grace for me. Say it again. Say grace for me. I think a lot of us are so hard on ourselves. Some of you are just way too hard on yourself. And uh, a big reason for that, especially in today's culture, is comparison. Because you're comparing your story to everyone else's. You're comparing your story to that girl that you follow on Instagram. You're comparing your story to that guy that you hope one day to write books like. And I'm here to tell you, your story was never meant to be their story. And their story was never meant to be your story. God has a unique story for you. And sometimes in your story, there's going to be some struggle. But a struggle makes up for a much better story, doesn't it? I know you may not be where you want to be, and and hear me in this. Some of you are like, I wish I was here. I wish I was there. I wish I'd accomplished that at this point in my life. I get that. I've been there myself. But at the same time, you got to give yourself grace because you don't know about what God is doing in the timing and how God's timing is different than our timing. It's better than our timing. Give yourself grace in your grind and keep grinding. Be patient with yourself. Love yourself. Believe in yourself even when you fall. I think a lot of us make mistakes and we fall and then we stop believing. We stop believing that we have what it takes. We stop believing that we can do anything good for God. Let me tell you, if the spirit of, the God, of God is alive and well inside of you, then no matter whether you fall or make mistakes or mess up, God still has a plan and he still has a purpose and you're not done. Get back up. Keep going. Keep believing because God has greater things in store for you. Someone needed to hear this today because you're down on yourself. You're discouraged in this place and God wanted you to know you're not done. It's not over. Give yourself grace in your grind. He is a God of grace, and yet we're so hard and slow to give ourselves grace. He showers us with grace, and he wants us to give ourselves grace. Proverbs 14, 23 says, all hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. You know, there's a, there's a lot of talk happening in today's culture. A lot of people talk, but not a lot of people work. The government right now, they're doing a lot of talking. I ain't seen a lot of working, though. And and, and I get frustrated because I'm like, somebody work, somebody do something. And this Bible verse gives us a great understanding of what it looks like. Look, when when we just are talk, it's going to lead us to poverty. But when we toil, there's profit. I wanted to set us up because I think that maybe you guys haven't heard about what's happening with our church and maybe you're new or maybe you've been wondering, waiting for an update, but um, we are purchasing a building and uh, we are closing on February 15th. And so I wanted to update you, if we could throw up that slide um, with with our goal and our current situation. So we have raised to this point $340,000. Come on, somebody. Let's give God some praise. That's because of you, because of your generosity. This is what we have in savings. Um, the cash needed for the down payment would be 260 because the total is $600. Uh, we want to raise another 200 for the AV kids in our auditorium space because we got it's basically two 10,000 square foot floors that are just a shell. And we got to build them out. 
And then we want to have cash reserves because we know that our uh, moving into this building, we're going to have an increase in costs monthly. And we want to just have a little cushion for ourselves. So we want to raise 100000 So we currently have a goal of $560,000. We're closing on February 15th. Uh, we, it was 670000 but we've raised one hundred and ten in the last month and a half. And, and so thank you, guys. And, and so, I, But I wanted to tell you that, that we have some work to do. And uh, we need you to make this happen. I've actually been hitting the, the pavement. I've been trying to raise money from other churches and people, individuals. Uh, we just had two $5,000 checks come in from other churches this week. And uh, so, man, thank God for kingdom partners and people coming alongside of us. So I'm doing my part. Um, I'm trying to, to raise as much as I can outside of our church. But I also want to ask you that you would continue to give faithfully that you would maybe consider giving to the Believe campaign. If you, and if you could throw up some of the pictures of the building on there so they can see it. If you would like to know more, there's some packets out in the lobby you can grab. Um, you can read more about the building and what it's going to look like. But it's going to be amazing. God's going to do incredible things. If you want to see it online, go to projectchurch.com backslash believe. And you can see all this stuff online and um, read more information about, our, about the building campaign. But I wanted to update you. I want to ask you to pray. February 15th is coming. And, uh, and we're almost there. And so I want to ask you that you would pray that everything would go smooth, that God would work on our behalf. Partly why I said this is because we were going to close on January 15th, but the government shutdown actually delayed our loan. Um, and so that's why I'm, I'm kind of mad about uh, all the talk happening in politics, but no action. Come on, somebody. God's trying to get us in a building. So just an update in terms of time frame. Because it's an entire build-out of two floors, we're probably looking at 9 to 11 months from right now. Um, and that's really based on the fact that it takes a while to get permits through the city. So we're looking at hopefully fall at the latest, you know, December that we'll be in our permanent home in old Sacramento. So just wanted to update you guys. Super exciting. God's doing great things. You know, I think a lot of us want the reward before we put in the work. You know, we, we, we want that reward uh, of, of the final finished product before we've worked on the product. We want the sugar before we put in the sweat. Come on, somebody. I want to just encourage you that we, we would be a people that we give ourselves grace in our grind, but that doesn't mean we stop grinding. We're patient with ourselves. We have grace on ourselves. We love ourselves. But it doesn't mean we don't stop pushing and going and grinding and working. Because grace doesn't mean laziness. Grace means you haven't arrived, but you still trust that something's coming. You know, I think a lot of us are living miracles that we used to pray for. You know, I used to pray for a wife and a good-looking wife. And, uh, and I used to pray for kids. And, and, and I'd pray, God, one day I, I want two boys to start and then at least one girl, maybe two girls. Still trying to convince Chrissy for one more daughter, but she's not having it. Um, you know, we got to have even numbers here. God is a God of perfection, of even. I like even, not odd. But uh, she's not having it, so somebody pray for her. <laughs> she's mad at me right now. She's been going to the gym a lot. She's like, I'm just getting my body right again, okay? <laughs> okay, this has gone south really quick. But anyways, I used to pray. I used to pray for the miracle of a family and a wife and kids, and I'm living that. And now I complain about it. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, now I complain about my kids not listening to me, my kids being, you know, too loud. I complain about my wife not doing what I say, like having another kid. You know, like, I complain about these things. And it's funny how quickly we can forget what we used to pray for because what we used to pray for, the miracles, are now our norm. And so I want to encourage you because so often we're, we're asking God to do something for us to work on our behalf, to bring us a miracle, and if he's done it in the past, he'll do it again. So give yourself grace and trust that the grace of God is on you and he's going to bring greater things into your path and into your life. Third is find the joy in your grind. If you're going to level up your grind, you got to find the joy in it. You know, sometimes you have to talk yourself into the right attitude. And, and this is actually biblical. So I'm not just like spouting off something that sounds good. This is biblical. Paul actually talks about it. He says, you got to renew your mind. Romans 12, 2. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. This is... This is what Paul is talking about. He says, look, when you walk into your job on Monday morning and your flesh says, I don't want to be here, today's going to be a horrible day, I don't like my coworkers, my boss is a jerk, I hate my job, that you renew your mind. You don't get conformed to this world. That's how the world thinks. But as followers of Christ, we walk into our jobs and we renew our mind. And we say, you know what? I may not love this job, but I love my God. And I'm going to bring my best today. And it's going to be a good day. And I'm going to find joy in my work. And I'm going to be the best worker that's here. And I'm going to love my neighbor. And I'm going to love my coworkers. And I'm going to be Jesus in the flesh here in this room. We renew our minds. Some of you need to start telling yourselves some different things in the morning when you wake up. Because you're telling yourself what the enemy wants you to tell yourself. You're telling yourself what your flesh is saying. And you need to tell yourself what the Spirit of God is telling you. The Spirit of God is saying something to us today. And he's saying, look, there is joy in your job. And I know you may not love your job. I know your job may not be the perfect job, may not be the dream job. Did you see that prayer request today or a praise report? Somebody said they got their dream job. Some of you are like, how dare they? Some of you were bitter, you were mad, you were jealous. But let me tell you, I love that somebody put that up there, and I want you to hear me, that there is always joy no matter what your grind is to be found. There's always some joy to be found in your grind. But also recognize a reality, that not everything that you do in your job, in your grind, is going to give you joy. I think we are under this misconception, especially like the younger generation. You guys are just up and coming and you're like passionate and you're excited and, and, uh, and very optimistic. And, 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 and you have this mindset that, man, everything in my job, my dream job, I'm going to love everything. I won't not like anything about my job. Let me tell you, there are things, even in your dream job, that will not give you joy. You know, I'm a, I'm a pastor and... and, and Many years ago, I was in college, and God put in my heart to plant a church, that we would start a church. My buddy, actually, who attends our church, um, he sent me a picture from our first prayer meeting. It was seven people in my living room over six years ago. One dude with a guitar, six others, and me. Praying that God would birth the church in the heart of this city. Let me tell you something. Um, I'm actually living my dream job right now. Like, this is it. I'm living my dream. But let me tell you something else. A lot of what I do does not give me joy. You know, on Mondays, I go in and I got to reconcile credit card statements. Guess what? Not a lot of joy in that. On Mondays, I got to respond to random emails from random people asking for this or that. Like, 
Not always a lot of joy in that. But I do those things because they set me up to do the things that I do find joy in. Let me tell you what I find joy in. When someone gives their life to Jesus Christ here on a Sunday morning, there's joy. When someone gets baptized in water, there's joy. When someone gets plugged in community and finds relationship, there's joy. When I'm able to sit down and speak life into someone, there's joy. When someone finds life and freedom for the first time, there's joy. When marriages are reconciled, there's joy. And we've seen all that and more. There's a lot of joy, but not everything I do is joy. So I want to encourage you, because in your job, some of you are discouraged because it's not all joy. Sometimes you grind and you struggle knowing that it sets you up for those moments when there is joy. So find the joy in your grind. Look for the joy in your grind. Not only that, but maybe you need to surround yourself with people that will show you and point out to you where the joy is. Because you don't see it. You can't find it. You want to know a great place to do that? In community groups. Did you know community groups are launching today? We have sign-ups in the lobby right after church. This is not a commercial or PSA. This is what I believe will change your life. So there's a group list behind me. Oh, we are on it today. And, uh, and in the lobby, you can sign up for a group. You can get plugged into community. You can surround yourself with people that encourage you, speak life into you, and point out and say, look, there's joy to be found right here. Find the joy in your grind. For, finally, and if the band would come back, we got to watch the doors on our grind. Watch the doors on your grind. You know, not every open door is a God door. Did you know that? In fact, I think sometimes the enemy opens some doors just to tempt you to walk through them. And, and I've seen in, in the church that a lot of us, we, we get caught up in this wrong way of thinking that we think, oh, it's an open door. It must be a God door. And that's not always the case. In fact, I remember when, when Christy and I transitioned out of our last church and we were thinking about and praying about planting Project Church in downtown Sacramento, that all of a sudden, like, multiple opportunities came our way. I'm talking about some good opportunities, some big opportunities, some, some big salaries. That's what I'm talking about. And I remember thinking, Christy, look, these are some open doors. And yet I remember my wife saying, yeah, but are they God doors? Because not every open door is a God door. And I can tell you right now, I, I look back and I can't be more thankful that I walked away from some open doors because I knew that God was calling us here to this church in downtown Sacramento. I want to tell you, not every open door is a God door. And so make sure that you watch the doors on your grind. I think that God often is, he's walking along and he's knocking on some of the doors of our life. You ever hear the, the knock of the Lord? In scripture, Jesus actually said, behold, I, I stand at the door and knock. And anyone who opens it, I'll come in and I'll set up dwelling shop in, in their life. And I think that God is knocking on a lot of the doors of your lives and yet, some of us are complaining about the noise. Here we have God knocking on doors saying, this might be a door you want to open, and we complain about the noise. Or maybe God's opened some doors in our life, and we're complaining about the breeze. God, there's a breeze in here. Could you shut the door? I'm trying to get some things done. Listen, in your grind, there will be doors. Doors that God knocks on and doors that God opens. There will be doors that God shuts. And I want you to pay attention to, to watch the doors on your grind because God is working on your behalf. He's working alongside of you. He's working in your grind even when you don't recognize it. Thomas Edison said this, opportunity is missed 
by most people because it comes dressed in overalls and looks like work. You know, I think that in our life today, a lot of us are waiting for God to just drop things in our lap. Like, here it is. Your dream, your goal. Man, God works, but he works through our work. He asked us to be his hands and feet. He asked us to be the light in the darkness. He asked us to be the salt of the earth. He called us to work. And he is working alongside of us as we work. And so I believe that today some of you need to level up in your your grind, in your work, simply by changing your perspective. That no longer am I doing this just for me. No longer am I doing this just for a paycheck. No longer am I doing this just to get by. No longer am I doing this just to get to Saturday and Sunday. No, I'm doing this for a purpose. I'm doing this for a mission. I'm doing this because it's my call. I'm doing this because God has called me to it. It says in Genesis chapter 2, I read it at the beginning of today, 2 verse 15. It says, the Lord God took the man. And he put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. I want you to hear me. That God will take us places that no man can take us. That God will open doors that no man can open. That God will give us opportunities that no man could ever give us. The question is, is God at the center? I started with that, I want to end with it. Have you put God at the center? Have you put them at the center of your life, at the center of your job, at the center of your work, at the center of your grind? And I think some of us, we had to be honest, we say, Caleb, I've compartmentalized God, honestly. Like, I I bring him to to church with me. Occasionally, I let him be at home with me, like when, when we're praying over the meal. But when I get to work, I mean, no, I don't bring God there. I'm not saying you gotta wear a shirt that says, Jesus loves you. Or I'm a Christian and and loud and proud. Like, I'm not saying you got to be weird. I am saying that you walk into every room. You walk into every meeting. You walk into every morning. You walk into every Monday. And you walk in with a different perspective, with a different mindset, with a different mission. I'm not just here to accomplish a goal for a business. I'm here to accomplish a goal for my Savior. I'm not just here to walk around and get a paycheck. I'm here to live out a mission and a purpose and a call. We walk with Jesus at the center, with God at the center. Today, some of you need to ask yourself that question today. Is God at the center? Is he at the center of my life? Is he at the center of my family? Is he at the center of my job? Is he at the center of my grind? And when we make that shift, I'm telling you that something will awaken that maybe has been dormant something will awaken that has been asleep some of you have no hope in your job no joy in your job there's no passion in your job and maybe all you got to do is say i'm bringing god with me tomorrow i'm bringing god with me monday morning i'm bringing god with me i'm bringing a mission with me i'm bringing some passion with me on monday morning and that simple shift will change everything I'm not saying you got to stay in that job that you feel like is a dead end. But I am saying that God has called you there for now. He's placed you there for now. He's put you there for now. So make the most of it. Make it a God place. Make it a God-ordained place. Make it a God-ordained job. He may move you on one day, but right now you're there. 
So don't miss the opportunities staring you in the face. Today is God at the center. Would you bow your heads with me across this place?